Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Michael. I'm one of your hosts for this super elite, <clears throat> no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, paragon of beer podcasts. And with me is my other host. I'm I, I, with your other host? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me do that again. Uh, no, I no, no. I, li- I like it that way. That's good. Go with that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even say the name of the show. It's American Pale Males. All right. Well, that works. I mean, you know, uh, this is what happens when you try new things. And right. by the well, way, I, yeah. you're yeah. the host, Michael, and I'm the other host, Jeremy, as we know. Yeah. Paragons of virtue and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, it's, this is why I do the, the zany, wacky intros, Michael. Come on. Yeah, I was trying to be like this elite gamer type thing and um i guess i'm not elite enough to pull that off elite or elite or like oh, no never mind i didn't say that cut that out <laughs> all we'll, of the above yeah we'll, we can start over again <laughs> already we got two hard edits yeah. oh, um, no let, jeremy <laughs> let's um let's forget the past and talk about beers with a uh, beer brag what is your beer brag so michael uh, i finally cracked and got movie pass I am going somewhere with this, so bear with me. <laughs> this is a new beer called Movie Pass. Yeah. Are you familiar with Movie Pass? No. What's Movie Pass? So, beer or otherwise? Uh, so it's not a beer. It is. Uh, okay. It is basically an all-you-can-watch theatrical movie service, sort of like Netflix, but for theatrical movies. Oh, a Movie Pass. Yes, Michael. Movie Pass. Uh, basically, it you know you pay your monthly whatever. And then you go to any theater that supports it, which is pretty much everything around here. You say, I want to see this movie. Check in, and it preloads money onto a debit card they send you. And then you go in, and you can do this once a day. Uh, 2D movies, so not a problem for yours truly, because <laughs> sure. I, I think the last 3D movie I saw was Gravity, which was, oh, was okay. I, I thought that was worth it. But I had some time before the movie started. Down, I went to... A, f- a French documentary called uh, Faces Places Downtown. It film scene wherein they serve beer. All right, ah. see where I'm going with this? Um, but before I went there, I went to Joe's place. The weather was really crappy and it was snowy, and so it was super, super, super bright out. And this was uh, Sunday afternoon. And so I go into Joe's, which, you know, is basically the most tavern of downtown Iowa City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't, my eyes had yet to adjust to the darkness because you know there are no real windows or anything it's it's just dark in there and i saw something that said it was clearly a lagunita's uh a tap handle and it said imperial and so i said uh yeah give me give me that whatever that is because mm-hmm. i had like 45 minutes before the movie and it turned out it was the lagunita's imperial stout okay I wonder... Go on. I want to see if we've had that on the show before or if that was something else, but do go on. Because I did some digging on this. 297 estimated calories per bottle, 12-ounce pour, Michael, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Mm -hmm. The bartender was sure to tell me this, like, uh, that one's 10%, so I'm like, oh, (laughs) thank you for the heads up, just because that can lead to issues. I I had the beer. It it didn't have any of that real big, thick... uh, Imperial stoutedness to it, and it almost just tasted like a regular stout. But it mm. so in like in some respects it was kind of lame because like if you if you order an imperial stout you want you know a big burly beer, 
Right. But on the other side, on the other side, it hid ten percent really well. Right. Yeah. Easy to drink. Which was kind of terrifying. So that before that got dangerous, I went to the the movie and I got a yard sale from okay from a Lion Bridge, which I believe I've yelled about quite a bit on this show. <laughs> Maybe you haven't had anything, but have you had anything by Lion Bridge? Oh, workman's compensation. Didn't you have that? Uh, I one? think I've had that, and I might have had something else, but it that was a while ago. So. Was it at the beer barn at the the steakhouse? I think I had it there, and I also had it at a wedding reception. Ah, well, uh, yard sale is there. Well, it's what I view to be their flagship uh, IPA. It's it's just awesome. So Mm. there you go. I have all the movies I can watch now. There's nothing really out right now that I want to see. I'm waiting. There's there's a Friday the Thirteenth coming up pretty soon, which means they're showing Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter, starring a young Corey Feldman, super late at night. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, hopefully I can get a photographer of the show, Zachy Dingles, to come with to that one, since he also has said pass. But, uh-huh. but Michael, anywho, we, we can talk about movies later. What do you got? My beer brag goes to a little tasting that I did from a brewery that is now distributing here Ooh. in the area. Uh, side note, also, we got Prairie Ales is now here, too. Aha. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Is it comically overpriced up there, too? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it in a story oh. yet. I just saw it. Uh, I believe the average price around here is like 8 bucks for their Imperial Stout for a 12-ounce bottle. I did it once because I had to know, and I think it was right. on sale now that I, if I think about it. I know some place has, has it on tap here, and I think I'm going to try to That's get it there. That's a much cause... better idea. Yeah. Um, but this was... Let's see. Fair State Brewing Cooperative out of Minnesota, Minneapolis. Okay. Um, had a few of their wares um, for sampling. They had their IPA, mm-hmm. which and actually it was interesting. The person who was doing these pours was the CEO of the company. <laughs> uh, and he said that this IPA, you know, it's playing more to the traditional type of IPA, dry, pale, hoppy, bitter, mm-hmm. Um you know, it's not trying to be trendy and citrusy. It's straightforward IPA. So I had that, you know, and he was right. Probably not my favorite, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also had a Roselle, which is a hibiscus beer. I'm at their website right now, and I'm seeing it. That's, uh, that's quite the color. Yeah, beautiful color, nice flavor, you know, just slightly sour, um, not too sour. So I like that. It had a nice balance mm-hmm. of being beer and being vegetables like a sour yeah yeah something else um so that was a good one and then the last one they had on offer was their vienna lager um Mm. which you know just that classic vienna lager style this one was good nice and you know nice thickness nice maltiness and that was probably my favorite it's just a well done amber lager that they had so i really like the uh, artwork on these cans yeah i like the logo quite a bit Nice and stylized. Uh-huh. I like that too. Simple yet eye-catching. Very clean looking. That's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I might pick up some more of their stuff at some point. Maybe either the Roselle or the um, Amber Lager. Have you looked at their? Uh, I'm assuming you just had these uh, Tall Boys, correct? Yes. So. Oh, they have some Leet beers down here too. Mm, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, there's some weird stuff down here. Barrel aged sour, smoked sour wheat, mixed culture mm. saison, single hop sour. I mean, interesting. That is cool. Uh-huh. I like it when they screw around. Oh, speaking of screwing around, for, uh, something we may have to do when you are down here in a couple weeks. Uh, Iowa Brewing Company. I've mentioned them on the show, haven't I? 
Yes, yes, from Cedar Rapids, yes, right? Yes, I stopped by there before I saw Jason Isbell at the Paramount Theater, and I had their strawberry rhubarb diddly, which is listed as fine and dandy like sour candy, so yes, that is why it's called that. Okay. And they finally started bottling stuff, and I don't know if they're going to do a lot of bottles, but I got their peach diddly. Oh, cool. Ooh, so I have a bottle of that sitting in the fridge, so we may have to try that. All right, yeah, that sounds good. Right? Jeremy, can we... I have a perfect segue <laughs> that I'm going to inject here seamlessly. Does it involve you uh, driving your segue off? A cl- oh, wait a minute, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Much like this uh, transition. Um, no, so... <laughs> well done. <laughs> let's go to Bruise News. Ah. I noticed you tweeted something at the account today. I did. Uh, speaking of Cedar Rapids breweries, apparently Cedar Rapids has water ideal for ale. Apparently, I haven't read the article. I just saw and <laughs> okay. I tweeted it. <laughs> it was, that's why I was, wasn't sure if I should spring that on you. Yeah, now. go for it. I guess it's just a nice combination of uh, water hardness, softness. It's so I was I tried ever so slightly to figure out uh, water ions and hardness and softness for this beer Steve and I did a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Or 10 days ago. Ooh, it's almost time to rack into secondary. Anyway, <laughs> I had read on a number of message boards that you want a softer water for brewing a New England IPA because you want a soft mouthfeel. You don't like yeah, a hard, luxurious, luxuriant uh, feel to the, the mouth. But the only stuff we have was gypsum, which goes the other direction and makes the water harder. Right, right. So you're supposed to use some sort of chloride ion in it, but I don't understand it. I'm going to read more about it. But it's weird. It With Cedar Rapids having so many breweries, and it feels like there's a new one opening every day. There quite seriously was one that just opened this past weekend. So I'm, I'm wondering if the Cedar Rapids municipal water has anything to do with it, or if it's just one of those bogus selling points like, New York water makes the best pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting accent to pair with that. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it was the paste picante sauce. Oh, New gosh. York City, like one of those. I think that's what yeah. was stuck in my head, but I okay. I don't. Anyway, you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, so I mean, this article basically says very few dissolved solids, typically sulfates, and that's because it's filtered through 60 feet of sand and gravel. Oh, really? And they don't draw their water directly from the river. They haven't done that since the 1960s. That's probably, probably for thing. the best. Yeah. Cedar River. Yeah, smells that come from it. I know it's not the river itself, but... That's true. I associate the Cedar River with the smell of wet grain because <laughs> of that big Quaker factory there. It's, it's pretty awesome when they're making uh, crunch berries. Yes, uh, crunch berries. It yes, smells great. Quaker factory it just straight there. up smells like crunch berries. <laughs> so more bruise news this is going to be a little bruise news heavy this week they're just cranking out the articles here jeremy mm-hmm. uh you mentioned new england ipas jeremy and uh from craftbeer.com uh, article from andy sparhawk the brewers association released its 2018 brewers association beer style guidelines and the release includes a trio of beer styles identified in the guidelines and competitions as juicy or hazy pale ale juicy or hazy ipa and juicy or hazy double ipa are the three new styles in their guidelines now so it's official it's a new variant i'm okay um, with that i like those yeah things. The New England style IPA continues the popularity of the India Pale Ale or IPA. The New England variation de-emphasizes hop bitterness, a key trait of the American version, 
often showcasing hot flavor and aromas that can be reminiscent of tropical fruit. As a group, juicy or hazy beers often exhibit relatively low perceived bitterness, high hop aroma, flavor, and a softer texture than other types of IPAs. New England IPA variations often are highlighted by some level of cloudiness or haze, which is an effect attributed by a multitude of different ingredients and brewing techniques. <laughs> well, that was a vague finish to that it, sentence. Yeah, it kind of was. But that's that's it in a nutshell, I mean, when you say. Yeah, I mean... I have a feeling New England IPA is going to be one of those nebulous things. Well, here we go. So, and this is one of the style guideline developers. What we discovered and verified was that there was a wide range of alcohol content for what was being perceived in the public as just one style. After evaluating appearance, aroma, bitterness, hop characters, mouthfeel, and overall balance, these beers gave a consistent impression that helped frame the Brewers Association inaugural guidelines for three styles of juicy or hazy ales. Mm-hmm. So they at least provided some variation there for the ABV. Mm-hmm. All this means is that the next one is going to be the hazy pine bomb, right? Right, yeah, it's just going to a little twist They're, they're on. just going to start putting, or like the, the hazy noble hop or whatever. Which barrel aged or something. Uh, you, you know, I could probably get down with a a Noble Hop IPA if they can just start, like, getting, like, real weird with those things. If they could, I don't know how you would do it, but if they could do that, it would be great. I would be down for that. It's kind of like once you pin it down, now it's time to change it up again. Yeah. Juicy, hazy ales are very complex styles with the potential for continuing innovation and variation within the style. As with any nascent guideline, we expect to receive ample feedback <laughs> from brewers and judges, which we'll use to update and clarify the guidelines in the future. So, Do not send just, it on Twitter. <laughs> this is just a starting board. Yeah. And after that, he said, do not at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a few other quick. So they updated a new category, contemporary American-style Pilsner, classic Australian-style pale ale, and Australian-style pale ale. Hmm. Um, they, I guess they split that from one category to two. It says, reflects tremendous diversity in the Australian craft beer market. Classic ones run darker with a relatively lower hop aroma. And the new one provides room for a paler, more hop aroma forward flavor. Hmm. Down under, things are changing. Yeah, it's um, not a wife. <laughs> and then the they did some tweaks to the Goza and contemporary Goza category. So anyway... So, wow. Taking it too far. <laughs> I guess you could say that. But somebody has to do it, right? No. And Jeremy, now it will come back and you'll be trying to make a double hazy IPA and you'll be like, oh, I need some guidance here. And you'll see these guidelines and you'll know what you should shoot for for your IBU and ABV. One more step to the journey to the ultimate beer. That's right. Um, one more bruise news story here. Jeremy... You know what an IPA is, mm-hmm. and you know what a New England IPA is. Do you know what an HPA is? An HPA. This was just recently announced by New Belgium Brewery. The beer they call the Hemperer. Oh, okay. A hemp pale ale. What? What? There was something not too long ago that was like a hemp red ale. Okay, continue. I'm going to find out what this beer is. Sorry. Go ahead. We've talked about marijuana beers in the past, and um, some do have THC in them, so they can only be distributed within the state. Mm-hmm. still technically illegal federally, but um, I think Lagunitas might have something that we talked about. They have that Waldo 420 beer that, as uh, an unlabeled uh, person said, tastes like weed. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Well, apparently that's what this one does too. Um, this is notable because it's wide distribution. Um, it shouldn't be going across the country. And the reason for that is it does not contain any THC. Mm-hmm. And it uses hemp. You know, hemp is also illegal, but recently there's a law change where you can use the hemp heart, which is the non-leaf part of hemp in manufacturing recipes. And so they use the hemp heart. And then to mimic the flavor profile of hemp, they looked at legal herbs and botanicals and mishmashed them together Mm -hmm. to create a flavor profile that would match hemp. And apparently... It tastes very dank, if you will. Oh, yeah. Um, so widespread hemp-flavored beer, very um, obvious marijuana artwork on it. It's a guy, and his beard is made out of uh, hemp leaves, I guess, Jesus. we will say. <laughs> and then they're also putting it under this guise of legalizing hemp. Legalizing you know, it. Not, <laughs> yeah, not, not in that way, but more in the... Uh, <laughs> Hemp is, you know, hemp as an industrial product type way. In the king of the hill sense of the phrase. What is the king of the hill sense? Hank has to go to a uh, a college campus for some reason or another, and it's, you know, a bunch of people playing hacky sack and throwing frisbees and what have you. And uh, a crunchy, crunchy type with, you know, white guy dreads and a tie-dye shirt goes up and is like, hey, man, will you sign this petition to legalize hemp? And he said, because Hank is a square, you see, he says, what's hemp? And there's like, oh, you know, well, it's used in a variety of industrial uh, applications. It can be used for fiber. It can be used for rope. He signs his name. He's like, a typical overregulation. They not- <laughs> 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 that makes me happy. That is funny. I hope they post that screenshot on that account. Um, yeah, me too. The aroma is herbal cannabis. Otherwise, it's a light golden type beer, ABV of 7%. It's not contain THC, 55 IBU, so there's your PA part of it. Just an interesting thing. I, I think we'll probably have to grab it on the show or at least make it a beer brag. I'm curious. I found a Men's Health article about uh, Lagunitas' is the undercover shutdown investigation ale or whatever it's called. The one where they got raided by the alcohol beverage control because oh, yeah. they were like going to smoke an eight inch joint with circumference of a dime on St. Patrick's Day of two thousand five. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um and then they say there's uh weed infused wines in California like Canna wine and Humboldt Distillery in Northern California has brewed batches of brewed distilled come on men's health. Batches of vodka infused with hemp. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah, the one that we mentioned on the show from Lagunitas was called Super critical. We've got to have a, a number of them, right? Well, I mean, Lagunitas in, in specific. I think this is the first official one because this was like done in partnership with like a vape company, I mm. think. Too. Oh God. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. It's interesting to me, just from a regulatory standpoint. I um not a stoner dude. Well, for now, Michael. Come on. So. I can take that or leave it. It's just seeing how it's mm. creeping in and how the worlds are kind of merging between beer and marijuana culture. It's interesting. Be more of it before there's less of it. So this is going to drive me insane. I, a while back, I had a, a red ale with hemp seed in it. And I cannot for the life of me find oh. out what it is. So if anyone remembers me yelling about that, write in and <laughs> let me know. But there's a lot of bad puns in these uh, hemp ales. It's like <laughs> joint effort. and uh, uh-huh. uh, any, Anyway, what's next, Michael? Yes. 
What's next? Tell yeah. Me. I think it's time for the FDR. The FDR, Michael, is that we're in... Oh, God. Fresh bong water hemp ale? Ew. <laughs> um, that's disgusting. <laughs> where do we find a beer, drink a beer, and we rate a beer? Michael, uh, what non-hemp-laden beer are we having this evening? Well, it's not a hemp beer, but it is going towards another trend we're seeing in some beers. This is weird. This is Sam, 76, from Samuel Adams. Technically an independent craft brewer. Yes. Oh, they have the label on here. I didn't know. Oh, really? That. I, have, I have it in a koozie. Okay. Oh, I'll be dipped. Interesting. Just like Roger Rabbit. Oh. <laughs> that part's always scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> I, yeah, that movie... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> this is kind of going on a trend that we're seeing, maybe a little more insidious, of craft brewers creating these drinkable... This is technically an ale and a lager, but these drinkable... I hate that word, too. I'll say it again, though. Mm-hmm. These drinkable ales, drinkable lagers that <sighs> yeah. are supposed to yeah. undercut big beer. So, like, you have uh, Founders Solid Gold, Sam76 here, and I, w- I would attribute um, New Belgium's Day Blazer yeah. to be something like this. So that one's a little bit more of, like, a, a summery wheat beer, but yeah. but I see, yeah. what you're, I see what you're saying. It straddles the line a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, they tend to be a little cheaper, and I think that's to kind of price them more down towards the buds and the bud lights. To I, I need 30 of them crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got some flavor text here. Hit me. Sam 76 is a revolutionary <laughs> new beer that is an unmatched combination of refreshment, craft flavor, and aroma. By experimenting with both lager and ale yeast strains, our brewers developed a unique brewing process that takes two active fermentations and blends them together to create a deliciously harmonious result. This process d- delivers a distinct flavor that showcases the slight fruitiness of an ale with the balanced drinkability and smoothness of a lager. So whether you're tailgating, watching the game, or headed to a party with friends, all three things that are usually dominated by macros, Sam yeah. 76 can be your go-to beer. Yeah, I suspect uh, around here, you know, you could, if you if you showed up to a... I mean, maybe it's different now, but I imagine if we showed up to a, a party when we were like 21, 22... With a, like a uh, omagong or something like that, <laughs> it would either be broken or taken or roundly mocked. Whereas I suspect it would be a little bit more palatable these days. But almost certainly it would not go down as well as if you show us, oh, Sam seventy six. That's that good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Hot varieties include Cascades, Citra, Mosaic, and Simcoe. Uh, so, but that's at twelve IB. Uh huh. Malt varieties, Sam Adams Two-Row Pale Malt, White Wheat, and Cara Foam. And uh, the style is Union of Lager and Ale. Have you ever heard of Cara Foam before, Michael? No, but I assume it's to um, provide thickness and foaming. You know, like I think of Cara Pills, and that's mainly to add some mouthfeel to things. 1.5 Lovabond Weirman Weirman uh, contributes the same to your beer as a Carapils does, body, etc., mm-hmm. but with a slightly sweet flavor. A few uh-huh. breweries are switching to this malt in place of Carapils. Definitely lends a more interesting flavor. Granted, this is from morebeer.com wherein they are trying to sell you this malt. So, uh, Oh, right. Yeah. It's got two five-star reviews. Yeah, what'd you say, like, one-something love of bond? 1.5, so yeah, it's, like, negligible. 
Right. Do you have anything else you want to say about this beer before we get going? I was going to say something. Now I forget. So let's just open <laughs> it. My apo- I am scatterbrained tonight. I think it's because I didn't sleep very well last night. But Oh, and uh, on, in another uh, tangent, I just started the book 1776, the Today. Which is, is that a, about? Uh, it's about 1776. It's a, a historical novel that came out a million years ago. It was like one of those super popular nonfiction books. Mmm. Oh. Yeah, that's got a unique smell to it. I can smell it. It's about a foot away from my face, and I can smell the aroma. I just had the, the citra, the mosaic going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can smell those hops. I'm So far, I'm surprised. I'm sort of at impressed. That aroma. That you don't get that aroma off of a Big Macro beer. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Big Mac there for a second. <laughs> Technically, you did. So yeah, it it's it looks like what you think it looks like. Unfiltered though. It is unfiltered. Which is also an interesting choice. Maybe this is gonna be a little different than I thought it would. be. I'm using the uh, the beer map shaker. Have I shown you this thing? Uh, you mentioned it before. Okay. Like it's like a periodic table type thing of beer. It's it's basically like a, a tree where it's like ale lager, and then it has. Uh, Pale ale is a subset of ale, and then strong pale ale, and then English strong is a subset of strong pale ale, and then winter warmer is a subset of, and so on and so forth. Like taxonomy of beer. That's the word I was looking for. But uh, it's kind of hard to see through it. But yeah, it is, uh, yeah, it's not filtered. It's a little hazy in there. There's this uh, foamy head. It's kind of dissipated now, but there's a, a, a scuzz of bubbles left on top. I noticed that too. It's almost like lacing if the lacing just sort of, like all the white just sort of dissipated and it left like a... Uh, like three-dimensional lacing kind of. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But yeah, it smells sweet. It smells, it smells like kind of mosaic and citra. Yeah, definitely. Shall we go in? Let's go in and see what this one is like. I mean, I realize... Go ahead. I'm going to say something here. Like, I realize that it's in my head now because of the name of it, but I wonder if the Cara foam has anything to do with all this foam on the beer. That's what I was thinking, too. Go ahead, Jeremy. That's pleasant. Um, it's not bad. I was expecting this to be closer to a macro just on mm-hmm. its marketing and its price point and stuff. And that's why I wanted to try it. But it actually rings more true to a craft beer, I think, than a macro. It's like the you can taste the shades of mosaic and citron mm-hmm. in there. It's not I mean, it is the IPA. It's but, not bitter at all. No, it's it's super sweet. That should that that's true. Yeah, the sweetness is kind of the same issue I had last week with the schploing, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's almost a little bit too sweet. Just too sweet. Yeah, I mean, almost. I don't know. I've only had the one drink so far, so I yeah. I mean, I guess I'll continue. But so the the hops were almost certainly just like whirlpooled in at the end, or just like they left a tank open next to a giant open pile of hops or something like that. Just waft it over with like a, with a big a fan, rug, big just, fan or something. And fan it in. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that's really sweet. It is sweet, and now it's starting to get a little um that like graveyard taste. That uh the most notable example we had of that on the show was the Steel Reserve. The graveyard. Yeah, just like the the undead <laughs> sweetness flavor. Oh yeah, that's right. It's it's not nearly that bad. It's not that bad at all, but there's a hint of that. Um, um, I imagine if this was a hell of a lot colder than mine is right now, that would not be an issue. Right. I actually left mine out to warm it up a little bit. I did not leave mine out to warm it up. I just didn't want to go to the freezer. 
Well, yeah, not fridge. intentionally, but <laughs> it it warmed up, and I was hoping that would give us a better snapshot of this. Yeah. Um, um, hmm. What was the one? Was that Steel Reserve where yours was a higher, a yes. lower ABV? Okay. It okay. was one way or the other. I don't remember. Yeah. But this is, the, the sweetness is distracting. It is a little bit. The ABV, I should notice, 4.7%. So right in there with like a, a Bud or a Bud Light. Yeah. Bud Light's like 4.3, Budweiser's 5 or... Yeah. Well, I have to say, so it, off the gate, it exceeded my expectations. I wasn't expecting this much flavor to be in here. Mm-hmm. But now that, you know, we're out of the gate and the horses are neck and neck, it's starting to waver a little bit because of that sweetness. It's um, it's too much. It's like not bad. I don't know. Ooh, you might be going into the bad. I don't... You don't like it. <laughs> I'm I'm not the biggest fan of that, this one, so far. I do appreciate the fact that they were able to get, you know, the the hop aroma like i too was just like hey whoa wait what when yeah when we opened the can and it we got this delightful uh got the delightful hop aromas but uh there's no hop flavor in there yeah i see what you're saying yes mm-hmm. it's it's just sort of there it's it's like they they put like hop essential oils in like a little uh spritz like a uh, one of those Glade plugins somewhere in there, so you smell the hops, <laughs> but you don't taste them. Yeah, I kind of want one of those now. I don't know. I get a, I get a, just a touch of mosaic. I think. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm gonna disagree. Maybe I'm imagining things, or maybe it's the smell that's driving that conclusion. But hmm. what would you do to make this better, Jeremy? Would you take it in the direction of more hop flavor, or would you dial it, the sweetness back and make this an even lighter beer? Well, I'm wondering if this is a uh, part of that whole uh, Herbert Westing of ale and lager together. Oh yeah, that's an interesting point. We haven't even be- be- because I mean, like, if they're, I imagine if they're like we're mixing an ale and a lager, it's so that you can get that fizziness and the the clean, re- relatively clean taste of the macros tied mm-hmm. up with the uh, just. You know, the character that one might find in a... Uh, Boulder flavor. In an ale, you know. Yeah. I think they're... I think they hedged their bets a little bit on this one. Hmm. I, I suspect the uh, the lager aspects of it are what's making it sickly sweet. Yeah, it's just a little little too much on the... The aftertaste is... Uh, it's extremely unpleasant. Yeah. It's just that, again, I, I don't know why I call it the graveyard. It's just like... This bleh, sweet <sighs> flavor that sits on your tongue of, like, spoiled sugar or something. I, I can't... I need a practical connection to um, the real world. It's it's sort of when they make something sweet, like uh, uh, the coffee mate creamer. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't taste like sugar. It's sweet. Right. It has sugar substitutes or, like, a stevia-esque something in her that may technically be better for you. Yeah, that's that's a good call. Yeah, it's like an aspartame yeah, it, it's, like lingering flavor. It's, I know it's not aspartame. This is but the Diet Coke. Okay. Here we go. There you go. Diet Coke is to Sam Adams 76 as Coke is to Sam Adams Boston Lager. There you yeah. Yeah, this is is this is this Diet Boston Lager. Well, okay, so no, I'm going to I'm going to uh, revise that step 2. Okay. This is like the Coke Zero. Well, no, I actually like Coke Zero better. 
Coke Zero does taste better than Diet Coke. Yeah. Um, although they don't, they changed the formula they for did. Coke Zero now. I know. It's it's that Pepsi Max nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> because men can't have diet soda. Oh yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, you, you guys know what I mean. Right. Yeah. And you know now that I think about it, this, this there's a similar aftertaste with that Day Blazer. I don't think it's as harsh as this, but. I think, you know, it's falling into that same family. Um, so I'm curious to try that Founders, what is it called? Solid Gold or something like that? Or their kind of light lager. Actually, I don't know if it's a lager. Yeah, premium lager. So we'll have to get some of that. That's a 4.4 percenter. That's 20 IBU. Um, and it's interesting. That has like an oldie timey Hams-esque can design. Mm-hmm. This one does a little bit too especially on the um, base where it says Sam 76. It has that, like, script font, Mm -hmm. a little star on there. Interesting trend. I'm not a big fan of this beer, Michael. Just spoilers. Do you want to take a swing of the axe and give it a rating then? I just listened to that song today. What do you think, Jeremy? 1.75. Oh, okay. uh, Fair enough. I mean, I I think the beers that it's trying to imitate... Or not imitate, but leaning towards. We've rated them similarly. True, but I mean, scratch that. I'm going to 1.5. Whoa! The first ever revision. Because you're right. If you wouldn't have said that, I would have kept that at 1.75. But this is clearly just so obviously like a cash grab. Like, I I think it's, well, I think you're right, but I think it's a, I would say a marketing move, maybe yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, cash grab, which is one and the same, but it's because there, uh, there's. It's the last inroad for craft brewing, is. Yeah, it's, it's it's just one of these things. Like I can't imagine what craft beer drinker would want this. Touche. Because I mean, if you can get Sam Adams in my hometown, in more than one variety of Sam Adams in a town of two thousand, a county of five thousand, like it's not exactly. Yeah, you heard me. Second least populous county in Iowa. I don't remember who the least populous is, but this this is just so. They're just so very clearly trying to hack away at Budweiser's. Or you know the the AB InBev the Miller SAB Miller Coors or whatever the heck it's called anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just so very obviously trying to get people that don't like good beer to drink it, and in doing so, they've lost what makes Sam Adams good in the first place because Sam Adams is a good beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I think I agree with what you're saying. I, I guess I come from it from a more optimistic standpoint like i say hack away at that i and i i i agree i would i i'm okay if they do try to hack away at it but like stick stick to your guns like be you don't try to be someone else and like yeah it's they're 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 split they're splitting difference like they're they're going halfway on the uh on the craft beer aspect of it and they're also going halfway on the uh the yellow beer yeah aspect of it well, yeah, I guess, yeah, I'm curious to see where the trend goes, if they can kind of perfect the formula to, I, it, it's going to be very difficult to appease both crowds, so. Yeah. I, you know, if it's not for us, it's not for us. No, I, this is this is just bad. Um, let me take a sip of judgment here. I got to know what people are saying about this. Beer advocate, what do you got? 3.61. <laughs> what in the hell? 
well, there's probably some bias in there too. Uh, um, so I'm gonna say it. So I mentioned that coming out the gate, I think I was prepared to rate this as high as a four. Really? But then as we talked about it, and as I drink it more, and as I talk, and this flavor's ruminating in my mouth, it's going down. I will say I would consider this for a large gathering of people who do not particularly have a stake in having craft beer. Well, so, Michael, as as we've established, I don't know if we've established it on the show, but I am getting married next year. Mm-hmm. And I've had to figure out what we're going to do for the beer situation at this thing. Yes. And so, you know, there's the there's the craft aspect, but then we all have the Uncle Joe that I was just like, <laughs> you, you know what? I'm just, I'm okay with getting like a couple kegs of Bud Light. Like, I'm not going to drink it, but I'm not going yeah. to get something that that doesn't please. I'll get something that can please half the crowd as opposed to pleasing none of the crowd. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway. Back to you. Yeah, as it, as it gets warmer, it's not good. It's true colors are coming through. Um, two point two five for me. You're more generous than I am, clearly. Actually, I, I think a lot of the points you made are very valid and um, tempered my rating a little bit. Clearly, um, but in a uh, not in a you were nerfing my rating, but in a oh yeah yeah you're right type way. I I was nerfing your rating. It's okay. <laughs> um. But I'm I'm glad we tried it. I did want to try this one and see where it fell, and it, yeah, it exceeded my expectations, and then fell short at the same time. Like that horse who was bam out of the gate, and then just kind of wavered through the rest of the race. How much horse raising are you going to? <laughs> I need some help. My bookie is. Um... He's gonna break my thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I think the point you made about like the availability of Boston Lager and like it's everywhere. Why would you not just get that kind of deal mm-hmm. if you're a craft beer drinker and want a nice solid beer? There's Boston Lager for that, so uh, that was a really good point. So mm-hmm. yeah. Side note: Sam mm-hmm. Adams Light is not bad. Oh yeah, there's a Sam Adams Light. I had that once at like a a family Thanksgiving or something. It was actually not bad. See, I wonder how that compares to this. I don't know. We are having another swap coming up soon. <laughs> I have to continue the saga, mm. but um, but let's let's put a pin in it for there. That was that was a good good discussion. Good to have uh, this beer. It was, and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the take home point. Yeah. All right. Well, it's another one down the gullet. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have anything to say about. Anything we talked about today, juicy IPAs, light lagers, light ale slash lagers that aren't so light or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do so just get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, that's APM Pod there, or just email apmpod at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show if you haven't. Oh, yeah, also Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps tabs on all of our ratings. You can follow us there, APM Pod as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we'll wrap it up there. So uh, for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I have been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs>